heartbreaking. You're like the kid and the dog coming in during the BBC interview, you know. <laughs> I was just dad. thinking about that. This is my life. <laughs> okay. Take thou authority to preach the gospel. Indeed, I look upon all the world as my parish. Welcome to our latest episode of Field Preachers. Today is a super special edition, and I'm so deeply grateful for friends who would jump in at the very last minute. I think it was less than 24 hours ago. I'm like, hey, can I sit down and record you so you can help um, all of our listeners with what they're going through? So let me introduce you to today's guests. We have the Jennings. So Jeff is a licensed clinical psychologist who got his PhD in counseling from VCU, right, Jeff? and is now working at the University of Virginia in the Student Health Department. And then Jessica Jennings is a licensed professional counselor and um, owner and operator of the Epiphany Center. And I met you guys, like, I was trying to think, was it like 2013? I think so. Yeah, it was about yeah, yeah about 2013. I think is when we uh, first moved to Virginia Beach. So yeah. Uh, so I, I was in a coffee shop doing Ashes to Go, and right. Jeff came up and introduced himself, and they started coming to the church, and it was absolutely incredible. They're an amazing couple, and we're such a blessing to the church plant. But in lieu of all the coronavirus stuff that's going on, anxiety that people are feeling, and as spiritual leaders just wondering how to stay strong and grounded with all the uncertainty, I thought it would be great to just sit down and chat with you guys, pick your brains for a few minutes on pointers from the pros uh, (laughs) in managing and surviving this season. So um, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having us. It's definitely a pleasure um, to have this opportunity, and hopefully we can share something that will be of use to your listeners. Yeah, we're very excited. Thank you for having us, Rachel. I'm sure. Oh, it's it's just so good to see you guys again. Um, all right, so let's dive right in, maybe starting with the people that we're ministering to. So if you're a church planter or you're a pastor and you're sensing, maybe we far, uh, focus and begin with those who are experiencing a lot of anxiety. I've heard that around our nation, there are some people who are not necessarily taking this seriously and are still out and about, but for people who are um, in a stay-at-home order, you know, and cannot leave their houses and are just feeling disconnected or alone, what are your tips? How can we help them as people of faith? Well, certainly right now, um, as you mentioned, a lot of people are experiencing increased anxiety. And for people that already have anxiety disorders, um, this can be especially challenging. I was just watching a clip on the news the other day. Um, People with obsessive compulsive disorders, people with trauma, um, more serious um, anxiety disorders right now, it's just multiplying that. Um, But even the average person, a lot of the just average people out there are obviously experienced an increased anxiety just with the uncertainty, um, with the fears. Um, it's really easy during this time for sort of catastrophic thinking mm-hmm. to kind of take over, you know, and just start fearing, you know, worst case scenarios and, and drawing a lot of um, just negative conclusions about the future and things of that nature. So, you know, I think one of the primary things, you know, that pastors and ministers and, and helpers can do 
is just sort of validating, you know, what's going on, validating the fears and uncertainties, not necessarily saying that all the fears are valid, but just the feelings, you know, the intensity mm -hmm. of the feelings and, and just providing, you know, reassurance. Um, and especially as ministers, just sort of providing reassurance that, you know, God is in control, you know, of all of this. Um, and, you know, we are walking in faith during this period of time, you know. Um, and then there are practical things, you know, that people can do as well. Yes. Sure. One of the practical things that I think is good is as you say your fear, you speak it out and someone validates you. What that does is then it allows you to really get underneath that fear and understand the all or nothing thoughts behind it. So I would encourage a minister to even say something as simple as, Hey, why don't you write down your all or nothing thoughts? And then let's together come up with the both and a, a transcendent balance that says, you know, what is the positive and good? And then, you know, what is the thing that maybe you want to do to grow? How can you grow in this situation or you know, move towards it? But first and foremost, that validation, validate, and then look at the all or nothing and look at the transcendent balance can be really good. So a journaling entry can be good if the person struggles to find what those things are um, to say, you know, make meaningful ritual in your life, set aside some time and do some emotional journaling that can also help identify the anxiety, help them speak it out and then articulate it to someone they love who can validate and then help them find that, that balance point where I believe um, God does meet us in that truth and love that holds us fast. Wow. That's amazing. Those are really great tips. And, and if you're the pastor out there and you're trying to help everybody process all their fears while you're also trying to work from home and take care of your own family and yeah. your own anxiety, or, you know, I, I know a lot of pastors have already reached out and said, it's killing me. I have church members that I love and care about who are in a hospital right now. And I like to visit them. And so, you know, what would be some tips or pointer suggestions for those of us who are caring for congregations at this time to make sure we're staying, you know, stable and balanced mm -hmm. to provide uh, for them? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure everybody knows as, as ministers, as helpers, you know, we are helpers um, as well. Um, you have to take care of yourself first and foremost, you know, you've got to provide for your own self care, make sure your needs are getting met, make sure you're taking time out that you're pacing yourself, um, that you're recognizing your own limitations, um, and the limitations of just what's being placed on us. You know, there's, that we are limited in what we can do right now. Um, and our counseling, our counseling center is closed down at University of Virginia. And we're trying to provide some support, you know, continue to provide some support for students, obviously. But we're limited in what we can do right now. Um, and that can be really challenging for people sometimes who that's what their whole life, you know, is built around is ministering to people and helping people. So it can kind of be hard to accept those limitations sometimes. So I think, you know, it's helpful one to just sort of recognize the limitations of the situation and giving yourself a little bit of a break, you know, um, and again, you know, trusting in, you know, the, the God's providence and the bigger picture and, you know, and in making the efforts um, to connect with people and support them, um, but making sure you're taking care of yourself and your family during this time as well. So you have more to give to others, right? 
And so the practical outpouring of that might be that, yes, you can't go visit, but what a beautiful thing to think about that you could possibly, you know, send flowers or send a gift card or, you know, make that phone call, send that text message. And so maybe some of these things won't take quite as long. And then you can take the rest of that time to do your own inventory or to do something for yourself that you might not otherwise get a chance to do that would be about self-care. Because oftentimes, again, when the focus is on others, I think that's when we find that balance too of care for self and to care for others and, and looking to find um, those other people in our lives too that we have as accountability, but also deep support to say, if I don't have that person, this could be an opportunity to reach out because a lot of people are really hungry for connection right now. And so... Um, finding someone that you as a minister can reach out to another minister um, that you get together on Zoom or texting back and forth to just encourage each other. Because we do, our hearts need that encouragement so much. I love that. I love that. So another question I'm getting a lot from church planters um, is in relation to Holy Week. So I'm really going to press all of your professional <laughs> skills into a spiritual through a spiritual lens right now. But I guess the struggle that... Um, church planters and pastors are facing are, you know, Holy Week. When we look at Monday, Thursday, it's about loving and loving so much you're willing to sacrifice your very life. Good Friday is about the the pain and, and death and loss of someone that held all your hope, you know, for the future. And then that leads us into Easter Sunday. But, but the question is with what people are experiencing now, kind of grieving a way of life as they knew it or grieving loved ones that might be passing away and they can't do funeral services right now, you know, is this an opportunity for us to help people begin to process their grief by really going into that that darkness and despair on Good Friday? Or should we try to make it as like hope-filled and happy as possible because they already have so much that they're experiencing? You know, what would be some some tips that you could suggest as as pastors are trying to plan online virtual Holy Week activities? Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing right now is support and empathy. You know, I think those are the biggest things you can provide to people during this time. Um, Just again, going back to what we mentioned earlier, validating what their experiences, experiences currently validating the grief, recognizing that, yeah, this is hard right now. I mean, this is, these are circumstances that we're facing that we've never faced before. Um, as a, as a nation, as a world, not at this level. Um, so, and we're all just kind of trying to figure this out and there's real grief going on. There's real loss. Um, and in, because of the circumstances, you know, it's making, um, it more challenging to connect and to find the support that we would normally find. So anyway, I think that past searches can provide that support. And, and I I think that's what people probably need more than anything right now is just the someone um, that's empathic and supportive um, and, and providing just some, some hope without minimizing just how, how challenging it really is and how difficult it really is. And the, the verse that comes to my mind is from Exodus three to take us back to a place and time when the people were in misery. Um, It, it says in Exodus 3, 7, um, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers and I am concerned. So I have come down to rescue them. 
And I think that just sums it up that we can be there to say, I see your misery. I hear your cries that we just like, that's empathy right there. That's what you've just said, like in a, in a Bible mm-hmm. verse that God himself is saying, I am concerned about your suffering. And so we honor the suffering. I don't think mm-hmm. we have to bring up more <laughs> of it, but we just honor what's brought to us. And then we recognize that, that God has a plan to bring us about of this, that he is not going to sit by idly, that his concern is is moving him um, to this rescue plan. And he's done it before in the Old Testament. He did it again in the New Testament. I believe he's doing it again in us in a way that's um, restoring. And so that's why I think we press into the pain. We embrace it to see where we meet him in the pain so that a rescue plan can be born in us individually, but also as a church and then bringing that spirit of, you know, of rescue to the world. You are one of the couples I just respect more than anyone else for your honesty, for just the practical offering of, of self-care, what that looks like and emotional and spiritual health. So I, I feel like you've had so many, um, you know, practical, wise suggestions to offer to us today. And it's been so beneficial. And I have what, like one last question. And I know you're doing sure. this all on the fly. Like we have not prepared anything. I was just like, hey, let's talk for 30 minutes. But um, it's kind of like a dual question, right? Because some of us were, were feeling like isolated from others because we're staying at home primarily. And yet for a lot of us who have families or young kids, it's the most time, consecutive time we've spent together in forever. Mm -hmm. So it can be kind of a a both and where we're feeling really alone. And yet the ones we love most can drive us crazy. You know, reports. You want to be alone. (laughs) (laughs) Divorce rates are are rising, you know, and (laughs) parents are losing their cool. So what are some suggestions for Mm. when you need space and yet space might not be something you can find for the next month. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. We, we were just having this conversation <laughs> this morning and um, we did a, uh, we did a social distancing bike ride yesterday with another family, just a few people. Um, bike rides seem to work well cause you can kind of keep your distance, but you can have some, you know, a little bit of social connection there. Um, but they were talking about the challenges. She's, she's actually the, um, the mom is the vice president, you know, of our school. And so, you know, we're all sort of experiencing challenges. We are experiencing challenges. We're both professionals and we're experiencing challenges, you know, with our own daughter. Um, so it is a, a challenging time just with, you know, the proximity being close together and close quarters and being home all day. And, and that is going to, um, you know, make us more irritable. Sometimes we're going to get on each other's nerves. Um, communication is going to break down, you know? Um, so again, you know, none of us are going to do this perfectly. Um, but we continue to strive, you know, to, um, support one another, to love one another. And we sometimes just need to take a break, you know, like go for a walk and get outside. That's a good part of self-care too, you know. Um, as parents, you know, we can give each other space, you know, saying, hey, I need to go on a bike ride right now. Um, and Jessica's supportive of that. Or she needs to go on a walk or, you know, get outside for a little bit. You know, I can take over. So just recognizing when we need a break and being able to, support each other in that um and recognizing too that it's hard for our kids you know our 
our kids are struggling right now. They're separated from their friends. So, you know, they're um, probably a little lower on um, emotion regulation in some ways, you know, um, in a lot of ways and just recognizing their limitations and being able to validate and understand what they're experiencing right now. You know, they're probably getting a little tired of mom and dad too. Um, and so just being able to, to understand that and uh, kind of check in with them and see how they're doing with all of this. And, and they have legitimate fears too. You know, they're hearing the news. They're, they're hearing us talk about this stuff and that raises their own fear and anxiety. Um, they don't really know, you know, really what's going on or, you know, what this all means, but it certainly sparks fears for them. And I think that practically what that looks like, if you want to put it into an assignment would be to sit down as a family and to look back at the week prior and say what worked and what didn't work and what you probably need to do is have a better schedule. You know, for example of, okay, we didn't include me time. We didn't include downtime. We didn't include rest or nap time. And we really need that. So we may have this amazing schedule, but is it, you know, is it too much or is it too little? So looking at your own family's needs, it's not a one size fits all in this. So looking at what worked and didn't work and then adjusting it. I know it sounds simple, but sometimes we continue to do what doesn't work um, to say, Oh, I know I need downtime. But then as a mom, like I continue to do the piles of laundry and continue to do all these things. And I don't give myself that downtime. So what if I sat down with the family and said, we're all going to do it at this time? Um, it's probably more likely we're going to get a little bit more of that. Um, making requests. I think we don't always do a good job of this. I know it sounds really simple, but to say, I'm, you know, I hit my wall. I didn't notice it, but I need a break right now. And to make a request to say, hey, family, will everybody be, you know, in their rooms reading so that that we all can have a break um, so that I can have a break and have a quiet time. So sometimes I think there's a fear of asking for what we need and then we just build, build, build and we blow. And so I think that's where we want to just step back and say, oh, if I did that, let me look and see how do I um, talk about what worked and didn't work, set a schedule that includes some of these really good therapeutic downtimes and journal times or quiet times outdoor time, like just laying in the grass, something of that nature. And then how do we speak our needs once we know what they are? Because sometimes we haven't slowed down enough to know. And there's a real relief in that, that all of us can get more of what we need. So helpful. You guys are such a gift and such a blessing. And I'm, I'm honored that you took some time out of your busy morning to, to share words of inspiration for those listening in today. So um, yeah, we'll be in touch. So thank you to everybody who is listening in today on this latest edition of Field Preachers. Field Preachers Podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.